Hello, people of Earth, and hello, people of the internet wrestling community. My name is Curtis Spears, and you are here today with the Smark Foundation podcast, a positive pro wrestling podcast where we like to look at the lighter side of the sport that we all know and love. Here today with me is the Sabu to my Rob Van Dam, the one and only Shane Campbell. Shane, how are you doing today, man? Greetings, programs. Yeah. So, Shane, uh, I don't know if anybody uh, has told you, but I'm not allowed to turn this podcast record off until I check my phone for news. <laughs> All right. Last last time we recorded, I literally saved and closed the program, opened up my phone, and saw a text message that said that Ring of Honor had released its entire roster. Don't let me do that again. We could have had we could have had the number one uh, reaction to that, and it would have only taken an extra day for me to edit the whole thing. But yeah, don't let me do that again. Are you are you are you blaming that on us? Like, is that is I, that maybe we cursed it? Because that's that's unfortunate. God, I hope I hope we didn't. I love Ring of Honor. Right. I don't want to be the curse on Ring of Honor. <laughs> so, how, how you feeling today, man? You all right? I'm doing all right. That's good to know. The first thing that we like to do here on the Smart Foundation podcast is to talk about our favorite wrestling matches from the week that was. Have you seen uh, anything good in the last two weeks? I have. First, I want to start out with, you know, just in case some of our, you know, listeners is like, oh, you guys never talk about AEW, at which point I say, shut up. <laughs> um, so with with that, with AEW, they have a lot of good matches. They're, they do? I mean, there's a lot of moments that I've enjoyed in the last couple of weeks. You know, the, the program with uh, with Hangman, you know, and, and Kenny. Um, Punk and, and Kingston, you know, so they, they have a really good lineup. As far as wrestling matches, they're they're all solid. None of them have really stuck out in my head. I mean, that doesn't mean that they're not doing a good job or that they haven't caught my attention. But so far, I've decided to go in a different direction. It's it's not it's nothing personal against the all elite. With that said, I did not pick an AEW match this week, but. <laughs> It's still, I didn't either. They're still in my hearts. Our hearts. That's fair. Which yeah. what what did you pick? So I actually picked there was a um a women's match on Raw. It was a fatal five way. I'm looking at you skeptically when you say that your match of the week is a women's match from Raw. How long did it last? Three and a half minutes. Uh, so no, it it did not. <laughs> First off, how does Raw how is Raw like the longest, shortest program ever? Like somehow they managed to have the shortest three-hour block of wrestling in the history of wrestling. It's sad. That's because you are a dad and you fall asleep about ten minutes into it. I mean, yeah, but other than that, it's still <laughs> just. Daddy sits short. on the couch. Daddy gets the remote, turns on the TV, and falls asleep. That's how dads work. That's that's true. Although <laughs> if there was something to keep me awake, then I mean, I don't know. Ooh, ooh, good point. So yeah. uh, this this women's match it was a fatal five way. Fatal five way number one contender fatal five way. So Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Queen Zelina, and Carmella. Okay, so I like two of those people. All right, <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate one of them for their work outside the ring as far as getting a union together. That's that's pretty cool. No, please tell me about the match. One thing that stuck out immediately is this match. Sadly, 
was just almost just as long as the entire Queen's Crown tournament. Oh, so it did go near 20 it, minutes then, eh? I mean, oh. with commercials and everything, it, it had a nice little block of, of time, which shows that they can do this when they want to, you know, as far as WWE, but they just choose, I don't know, it's it's weird. Choose not it's to. Weird. You'd think with a three-hour block of TV every Monday night, they could find time to actually let women wrestle sometimes. Yeah, like I said, the the shortest, longest show ever. <laughs> and I still watch it. So, uh, so it was a one one fall to a finish. Yeah, which I'm not a big fan of when it comes to fatal three, four, five way. It would have been better as an elimination because then it would have even got. I'm, I mean, with them, it might have been short if they had done it that way. So I don't know. I really like uh, eliminations myself as well. Like when I was growing up, I always used to love the Survivor series. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite every year because you always had those like four on four or five on five elimination matches. Those were yeah. the best. Yep. When I play SmackDown versus Raw in 2003, it was always, you know, elimination matches for me. Yes. <laughs> so who ended up winning? So um, they had they had Becky Lynch coming out um, on commentary, kind of putting over herself and kind of taking shots at. Okay. Again, I'm going to look at you skeptically when you say that there was someone else on commentary. Uh, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question real fast. Are the words "distraction roll up" coming out of your mouth at any point in the next few seconds? So as I was saying, <laughs> so Becky, you know, she's she's doing her heel stuff, you know, basically putting down everybody. There was a shot that she took at Liv Morgan that was uh, kind of hilarious, but not really. Um, she had noted that all of Liv's uh, friends had left her, and that Ooh. she was she was all alone. And I was like, oh, ouch, ah, uh, and that you know she was the only one in the in the match that hadn't really done anything in her career. Ooh, also and I, ouch. And I was like, okay, this is where this is going. Might I add, though, back in the uh, hot tag era, when we were you know, we were doing our end of the year um, awards and everything, two of my award winners are in this match. Was it Bianca and... Uh, Bianca and Liv. Was it Bianca and Liv? Yeah, Bianca most improved. As as... He said most improved for, for Liv, and then Bianca was next big thing, yep. you think? Yep. Ah, nice. Yep. And we will be, uh, later on for another podcast on the road, we will be doing another uh, year-end awards ceremony where we'll we'll pick our favorite uh, performers and matches and things like that throughout the year. Yes, yes. And be a little bit closer into December, though. So, so yeah, well, all, all of this, um, you know, once once Becky got onto her thing, you could kind of tell maybe, maybe where this was going. Although, I'm kind of sad for, for Zelina because since the uh, the crowning, they haven't really done anything with her. At least Woods is, you know, he's got a program with, you know, the head of the table right now. Um, Zelina's kind of just, eh, which, which sucks. Do you, do you think that, is there any way that Woods, oh, no. You know what? We're not going to talk about men's wrestling during a time when you're talking about women's wrestling. That would be reductive, and I'm not into that. So Fair enough. So, there, uh, you, so you're feeling bad for Zelina Vega. Right. So, long story short, um, it was a very good match. Um, had a lot of energy. You know, they had some of the uh, the power spots, you know, with, with Bianca lifting up and slamming everybody. Because uh, she's 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 a beast. B-E-S-T? Beastess? E-E-A-S-T? Yep. She's the beastest. She's the beastest. <laughs> yep. Long story short, Liv ended up picking up the victory. Which was a little bit of a surprise, considering everyone in the, in the match. Um, she had a little how, face off with with uh, how Becky. How did she? How did she pick up the victory? 
How did she pick up the victory, Shane? So I will leave that to the imagination. <laughs> it um, doesn't take much imagination. Damn it. <laughs> Say the words, Shane. Say the words. I'll get on cage match right now. I don't give a shit. How did she do it? She didn't. Um, she did it with a three count is what she <laughs> did. The referee <laughs> Via counted. pinfall. One, two, three. And that's how she won the match. Um, so. Yeah. So. All in all, it was it was a good match. It was entertaining. <laughs> Listen, my expectations for Raw. Did I mention how it's the longest shortest show ever? So, I know it sounds like you're fighting with yourself a little bit on that. It was but a good I match. appreciate it. As long as you were entertained, that's what matters. It was entertaining. Man. Did you have any other uh, any other ones that you want to shout out? Just for take a couple quick seconds and say, oh, this was also good. I kind of touched on it earlier. Like I said, I I, I I'm enjoying where um, Punk and Kingston are going mm-hmm. um, with their stuff. Page and, and Omega, um, that's that's some really good stuff. So I'm looking forward to uh, full gear as far as you know some more quality matches. Yeah, so. there's that's a sneakily like really good card. I mean, other mm-hmm. other than just the Hangman and Kenny match, like there's some other really good stuff on the bottom there. There's you know you got. Miro and and uh, Danielson, that's going to be a blast. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then you've got Kingston and Punk, that's going to be fantastic. So I think yeah, there's going to be a lot of really good stuff down there. And and speaking of Kingston, I, there, I, I've seen a couple full gear posters. I think they did my boy a little bit dirty, and he's why isn't Kingston on these posters, guys? Come on now. I I don't think that he had anything to do for full gear. Like he's not in the tournament anymore. And, well, I don't know. Maybe they planned ahead and had him on uh, with Punk. So, yeah, he should. Yeah. I don't think that was a last-second thing for, for Kingston and Punk. Uh, if it was, then they they aren't the the booker that the internet fucking thinks they are. Right. Because uh, the, the second that Punk showed up, they should have said, who's the best talker we got? Oh, that's right. It's Eddie Kingston. Let's put him with let's put him with CM Punk and watch them make magic together. Exactly. So my, my best matches this week, I actually... So this was a weird week for me because the matches just got better and better and better. Uh, originally, my first match of the week that I wrote down was uh, Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb in the AEW TBS title tournament. Mm-hmm. I think it was a first or a second round match. Fantastic. Just two badass chicks who know how to play their character. They know how to wrestle. And they had a fantastic match. I think it went like 15 minutes. Really, really good. Directly after that, I was watching an episode of New Japan Strong, and they had Taiji Ishimori versus Leo Rush. And that might have been the fastest match I've watched in quite a long time. Not fast as in the time, but, like, those two are, might be the most fa- the fastest wrestlers on the planet. Those guys are insane together, and they, they had a really good match. Directly after that, an AEW title eliminator tournament of Danielson and Eddie Kingston. Really good match. Really right. solid. Yep. And then... Shingo and ZSJ had a IWGP World Heavyweight title match at Power Struggle. And I was just like, I can just erase all these other matches. <laughs> it seems like every time we've done one of these, I've picked either uh, Zack Sabre Jr. or Shingo Takagi for my match of the week. And that's on purpose. Because fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ZSJ and Shingo Takagi are both fantastic. And they've both been just blowing the doors off this year, so that's really great. Before we be, uh, continue on to our next segment of the show, 
uh, I'd like to ask you all if you could just to go ahead and rate, subscribe, like, give us five stars, seven stars if you could. The algorithm gods demand a sacrifice, and it's up to you to make sure that they are satiated, or else the algorithm gods will come after you. Next up, we wanted to take a look at a throwback match, our retro review. Yes. And that's, this one uh, was one picked by Shane. It's a, it seems like a very special one for you. It is. 1997 might have been a banner year for Bret Hart. His I Quit match with Steve Austin at WrestleMania cemented Stone Cold as the next guy. The 5v5 match at In Your House Canadian Stampede was a hero's welcome for a weary traveler. And in November of 97, Bret Hart became the talk of the wrestling world when he, big giant square quotes here, lost his WWF title to Shawn Michaels at Montreal at that year's Survivor Series. Le coup tordu de Montreal. Someone's going to get me on that pronunciation, but that's how you say screw job in French. <laughs> that's, that, hey, that's all right. Brett was screwed out of his hard-earned championship in an event so heavily scrutinized that people today, 24 years and one day later, still hotly debate if it was a real or an elaborate ruse. But even if his near 13-year WWF tenure was soured by this twisted coup, Brett saw greener pastures coming and immediately signed a three-year, $2.5 million per deal with WWF's biggest competitor and ratings juggernaut, the WCW. So WCW now had the hottest, most beloved free agent on the market, the WWF champion who never officially lost his title, coming into the fold to compete with people like Hulk Hogan, Sting, Ric Flair, DDP, Goldberg. How could they possibly screw this one up? If you have to ask that, you've never watched WCW television before. <sighs> Bret Hart, the hottest free agent acquisition for WCW since Holland Nash, or perhaps even Hogan himself, and his first pay-per-view exposure to WCW's audience is a guest referee spot in an authority figure versus commentator match. Obviously. Wah, 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 wah. Sad fanfare. WCW was a stupid, stupid company. What one advantage WCW did have over WWF, amongst all the idiotic heel turns and backstage political trappings, was dream matches. Bret Hart now had an almost entirely new roster of killer talent to work with. People like Eddie Guerrero, DDP, Raven, and a man he knew very well, Chris Benoit. Benoit was trained in the Hart family dungeon and had been connected to Stampede Wrestling through most of his career. But the first time he ever faced off against the biggest star ever to come out of Calgary was June 22, 1998. At this point, four months into his run with the company, Brett had already turned heel to align himself with Hulk Hogan's NWO Hollywood stable because fuck you were WCW. So when he enters the arena to the classic NWO theme song, still somehow wearing his classic pink and black attire, it's a little bit jarring. But once the match begins, it's business as usual. You can tell Brett respects Benoit's talent. Brett always gives his opponent a lot of offense and shine in the ring, but he seems very tentative to lock up with Benoit. This is uncharacteristic of Brett, who has never shown a fear in the face of adversity. But being slower to lock up, dodgy once he did, it's great touches like that that show how cerebrally Brett could work as a heel. Brett hits a scoop slam and a nasty DDT in the early going, countering Benoit's grappling by imposing his will on the smaller man. Everything he does looks absolutely textbook. Smooth, powerful, and with great force. And, as we head to the commercial break, Brett hits Chris with a nasty pile driver that rattles Benoit. 
Brett lets him take a few extra seconds to recover and probably vamps a bit during the commercials while Benoit recovers. As an aside, why do we not have footage of these matches during the commercial breaks? At least the historic ones. The Owen Hart Memorial match is separated by commercial breaks too, with no footage still available, and that's a fucking crime. Anyway, back from the commercial break and Brett is still dominating. Brett hits his signature Russian leg sweep, which is a thing of beauty, and a spot to look for as a turning point in every Bret Hart match. Brett's style is so aggressive and sharp that he doesn't have to change it to go heel. All he has to do is add a few mannerisms, like yelling at the crowd between moves. The fans eat it up. And that's when the fans start throwing garbage at Brett. Now say what you will about WCW fans, but they were always willing to play to the heel-face dynamic of a match. In an era before Smarks, the average WCW audience member was still completely invested, leading to Shane's point once again, WCW fans love to throw shit. Yep. But Benoit starts to show that he has a bit of snappy offense, too, landing suplex after suplex after suplex to give the audience hope that the WCW guy can fend off this carpetbagger from up north. But after playing to the crowd a bit, with a slow taunt, he goes for a diving headbutt, flies three-quarters of the way across the ring, and meets with an empty canvas. Watching the first time, I didn't notice that the ending of the match was telegraphed here. A foreign object falls from Brett's gear as he scrambles to get away from the flying headbutt, but as fans have been casually tossing garbage into the ring during the match, it just seems like another piece. A massive superplex knocks both guys out of their boots. Benoit gets a short tease of the crossface. Not enough to really build suspense, I would have liked them to milk that move a little bit more. But once this happens, Stevie Ray of NWO Hogan comes down to the ringside and distracts the ref, while Brett reaches for a second foreign object only bret hart would be smart enough to put multiple foreign objects in his gear that's uh that's why he's the excellence of execution exactly and he clocks benoit during the distraction and in a move straight out of the eddie guerrero handbook rolls benoit on top of himself and sticks the foreign object in benoit's trunks while he sells the cover brilliant yep he kicks out and throws benoit into a picture perfect sharpshooter benoit is still out from the foreign object shot and the ref calls for the bell it's a terrible way for a dream match to end. Why would Brett, who dominated 90% of that match, need a distraction and a foreign object to beat Benoit? I often get angry about these idiotic finishes to matches that make less than zero sense. If you can't have a clean finish to a match because you didn't want either guy to look weak, don't book the match. It's your show. You control the matches. <laughs> but this idiotic match finish uh, was fitting for WCW's idiotic booking, and... That idiotic booking was a terrible way for Bret Hart's career to end. That being said, up until that point, it was a damn good match. Shane, why did you pick this match? So out of out of there, I think I think there might have been four matches um, that come to mind that, that these two had. And this may have not been the best match out of the four, per se, as far as ring quality. I think most people agree that the Owen Hart Memorial match was probably the one. That was like 25 minutes or so. And right. It's, yeah, because, I mean, you had this one, and then you had another random Nitro one, then the Owen one, and then you had the finals of the title tournament at Mayhem. The title limited tournament, yeah. And yeah, that right. one was terrible as far as the most random run-ins. And, uh, God. I mean, at that point, WCW was super dead. Well, the, the, the thing about that one is that was Russo booking that one, so it was Russo booking but he's also putting the world title on Brett, which is what should have probably been done from the beginning. Okay, I won't say from the beginning. But you're right. Sting 
<laughs> when Brett first came in at Starcade uh, 98, or was it 97? Starcade 97? No. Starcade 97 is what it was. Brett made his first appearance. He wasn't able to compete, but he showed up as a guest referee. That was when Sting was sh- supposed to win the belt from Hollywood Hulk Hogan and pay off that year long or over a year long story that he had. So Sting should have had the belt for a little bit longer before Brett came in and started trying to take it from him. Mm-hmm. But they did put belts on Brett in the meantime. I mean, they gave him the U S title. What four times he was a, he was a tag team champion with Goldberg he did eventually win the the big gold belt. He won it, yeah. At like you said, at Mayhem, that was Russo booking it, and so Russo might have been a sloppy jalopy and actually booked like garbage. But he put the belt on Brett, which is what should have happened basically right after he got there, anyway. Yeah, and I mean, and for Mayhem, it's like okay, that's that's probably the easiest. I mean, that was a layup. Because you you already had the the chemistry with with Benoit and and Brett leading up to that match, the pay per view was in Toronto. You have those two in the main event, duh. They should have they should have gone out there and just had a barn burner, and no one no one would have been been upset about that. Yeah, I mean, and Toronto would have gone home happy. Exactly, and like I said, that match was really good. It just had the most random crap happening. So yeah, back to the, back to the first one. Uh, the reason why I picked it. So when when Brett left for WCW, reality set in. I was like, you know, and you had touched on it earlier as far as the dream matches. The most anticipated match that I wanted to see as a kid. I was like, oh my god, we're gonna get Bret Hart versus Crispin Wall. Like that. That was is you know the minute he did the 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 WCW, you know at at Survivor Series with his hand. I was like, oh my god, Bret versus Ben Wall. Like that was that was it. For for me, I think it was Brett versus Sting. Like that was the one. Like on the on the playground, people were going like, "Oh, what's better, the Sharpshooter or the Scorpion Deathlock?" You know, that it was it was Brett versus Sting. I never even thought about Chris Benoit at at that point. Like, I was a Sting kid, so that's whatever it is. But yeah, like the, the dream matches that he could have going to WCW were fantastic. And so yeah, for for me, that was that was the top match. And and it, in in many ways it, it did live up to it for me because at the t- at the time that's that's all I had to compare it to. So I was like, man, I finally got this. Um, even though it was it was a random Nitro match, Stevie Ray was out there like it was. And that's that. There, there's not enough that can be said for that when you're watching it at you know 12 years old, right? And you're you're dissecting it at 30 something. That's two different, two very different times in your life. So yeah, I mean, if 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 you were excited about it when you when you watched it the first time, I can completely understand. Right. I mean, it was it was it for me. Like that was that was it. I didn't really, I wasn't really a fan of of Brett in the NWO to begin with. I thought it was weird. No, it's it seems so wrong when he comes out. Like I said so in my write up when he comes out to the NWO theme, and but he's he's Bret Hart. Why is he coming out to someone else's fucking theme song? That um, no. Did not want. To, no good. Yeah. I mean, and even with the pink and black, man, I, I always thought it would have been a little more tolerable if he would have had the same gear, but just got rid of the pink. Just had black and white. I think that would have been sweet. Black, white, and like silver or something like that. Right. Yeah. He just looks like he does not fit in. Right. And the the this, the reason why he, why he joined NWO Hogan is pretty dumb. When he first came in, he 
screws Hogan out of the title. And we're not going to go, we're not going to go for the Hogan. This was supposed to be a slow count and he was restarting the match or whatever. We're not going to go for that. Right. Because it wasn't a slow count. So we got to go by what we see, right? He screws Hogan out of the title. Then three months later, he screws, I think, was he screwed Sting out of the title to give it back to Hogan? No, he screwed Macho Man out of the title because Macho Man had it at the point. Screwed Macho Man out of the title to give it back to Hogan to join Hogan's gang of losers. Hollywood. Hoganwood? 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 Garbage. Yeah. I would have much rather have had a thing where, like, if if you're going to have him join the NWO, have it to where he eventually, like, overtakes Hogan as the leader. That would have been great. And then... And then you, you know, have Hogan do his face stuff, and you got NWO red and black, and then you got NWO pink and black. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah the, I've, I've said before, and I'll say it again, WCW was booking with their logic tied behind their back. They had no idea what they were doing. Uh, but mm-hmm. but that, was, that wasn't necessarily bad on the bookers, because you had to deal with a lot of ego. You've got Hogan coming in and, and saying, it doesn't work for me, brother. With everything. To everything. Yeah. Yeah, do you, do you, how many how many clean losses? How many pinfalls does uh, Hulk Hogan have on his record? Do you know? I want to say seven, and that's pushing it. <laughs> it was close. If you don't count any disqualifications or anything like that, literally twenty six. Okay. <laughs> I I just how 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 I can't even deal with this. Yeah, but yes. So yeah, it was bad all around, but I, I tried looking at the positives with the match. The one thing that stuck out to me was the the pace of it was a little bit different than what I was used to with, with those competitors because normally I mean I, I get that Brett was the heel, so you know, you gotta be the aggressive one, but that 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 was one of the first times that I remember seeing like Benoit on the defensive in a match. Yeah, Benoit I mean both Brett and Benoit are very were very aggressive with their style. Yeah, uh, and I guess that's just the Calgary way. But yeah, they they the fact that Brett was able to, like I said, dominate Benoit for like ninety percent of that match was really surprising. Yeah, and then you know for him to still get his stuff in, you know they're towards the end, dragon suplexes and oh man, yeah, German German dragon suplex. I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah, yeah I think they. I, I think there was probably part of a botch there on that dragon suplex because it looked like he was going for a, a bridging dragon suplex. Oh, when he kind of fell over. Just, yeah, yeah, that was really sad because that would have been beautiful. But can't take it away because it was still a really gnarly suplex. Well, that and, I mean, B- Brett was bigger than most of the guys Benoit was working with at that time. Yeah, Brett was not a small man. I mean, he, when you put him up against, you know, six foot six Hulk Hogan or whatever, yeah, he looks small. But Brett was a big dude. He was yeah. not a small individual. I mean, look at his match with Will Sasso, which is a thing that happened in WCW for some reason. Oh, no. Uh, okay. You're right. But yeah, uh, you put him up against a regular dude, and he's he's still a huge individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really, I did like this match. I kind of shit on the ending, but it was it was really fun. I, I ended up watching it more than, more than twice. Normally for these matches, I'll watch them twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to make notes and things like that. But I ended up watching this one three times, I think. Just to, you know, I watched it once just to watch it. I watched it a second time to make notes. And then I went back and watched it a third time just to really kind of appreciate what was going on. That's when I noticed that, you know, Brett had brought multiple foreign objects to the ring, which was 
brilliant. Yeah. So smart. I mean, it was it was it was smooth. It was smooth as far as I mean it it. I don't know what would have been wrong with just a regular old tap out, but you know, got to knock them out and heal stuff, distraction finish, and all sorts of things yeah. like that. Like I said, you know, and and this is this is something that a bunch of major federations uh, today are dealing with, and that's the fact that they they book themselves into this corner where they don't want either guy to lose, so they just have destruction roll up, or they have uh, you know they have a, a some sloppy jalopy finish, and no one looks better because right. of it. But it's like why why would you book this match if one guy can't win and the other guy can't lose which is interesting that they would do that with benoit at that time because it's not like he was a main eventer at that time anyway yeah he was he was um still pretty far from winning the wcw uh, title right. i mean he? this is you know horseman era benoit so i mean he had some high high profile angles but it's not like you know he, they had to protect him you know because that wasn't a thing with the smaller yeah, guys no, he's... yet yeah, he he wasn't he wasn't Ric Flair. He wasn't, you know, DDP. He wasn't Goldberg. Right. So, no, it was a, it was a it was a weird time for WCW, and I think an even weirder time for Bret Hart because he was still trying to find his way. Someone someone said that, you know, Bret Hart was a shattered man after after the screw job, and when he showed up to WCW, he didn't care anymore. And it's like, no, there's there's no way that Bret Hart didn't care. In the middle of a match with Chris Benoit, you know, yeah, that's yeah. horse pucky. I mean, say what you will, you know, Brett is very proud of his 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 work, and so despite you know whatever you know, you, nine times out of ten he was going out there, he still had that respect for the for the business. So, yeah, well, it's it's what he yeah. did, you know. He was he was a professional mm-hmm. wrestler. In, in every sense of that word. So, yeah, he, he wouldn't have just gone out and said, like, oh, I'm going to go to this company and, you know, whatever. They'll pay me. I don't care yeah. anymore. That's right. not Bret Hart. Yeah, good good yeah. match, though. Good pick. Really appreciated that one. Thank you very much. S- small factoid before we move on. Oh, please, yeah. You got it. Uh, it's uh, our, our new segment, Shane's Fun Facts. Fun Facts from Shane. Here <laughs> yep. they come. Go. Um, so you had mentioned earlier how he had uh, never – Lost the championship there at Survivor Series. He didn't. He did not lose that championship. That is he, that is a lie perpetrated by Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Exactly. He also never lost the title at WrestleMania in the Iron Man match. If we're being specific, <laughs> so he was in fact undefeated. I swear, you watch that. You watch that sixty-minute Iron Man he match. He never it. loses that belt. Sticking to that. <laughs> You you watch that sixty-minute Iron. Man. Don't watch the the sixty-two-minute yeah. Iron Man match. Watch the sixty-minute. Oh, when are yep. we gonna pick that one for? Uh, when do I gotta write that one up? Pick what? <laughs> the, the the sixty minute Iron Man. What's match. that? When do I gotta write that one up? And <laughs> never heard of that. <laughs> if it's what Fair you're enough. referring to, I actually watched that match backwards. <laughs> it's a it's a lovely match where Shawn Michaels lovingly gives Brett the belt that he cherishes so much, and then Brett goes back into the yeah. uh, into the he walks in the back happily. <laughs> They, they fly around a lot, and then... So they fly around a lot at the beginning of the match, and then they stop, and they slowly become mat wrestlers, and then Brett leaves. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best way to watch it, probably. Yeah. <sighs> Shawn Michaels was a dickhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eh, yep. Anyway. 
Sean, if you're listening, speaking, you know it's true. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> Big fan. I know you are. So, speaking of dickheads, <laughs> we wanted to talk a little bit uh, about a bunch of uh, a bunch of wrestlers in the last two weeks have lost their jobs. Yes, and that is fucking terrible. <laughs> it's absolutely awful. Yeah, I, I mean. A lot of people, a lot of people have pointed out the the eighteen that were just released a couple of days ago. I believe it was on the fourth of November. They were released from uh, WWE, who reported record profits and then ditched uh, a, like a, a tenth of their roster. So yeah, a lot of a lot of wrestlers have lost their lost their jobs in the last two weeks, which is um, quite the downer. Yeah. Speaking of really really downer situations. I've... I've I've been thinking about this, and I've been trying to I've been trying to I've been trying to say this the right way. So prior to all of this, you know, when it was just WWE, AEW hadn't arrived yet. If you recall, a lot of the criticism with WWE was, "Oh, the roster is too big," you know, they're hoarding everybody. Da da da. I don't know. Like it sucks, but on the same token, it's like okay. If we're criticizing them for keeping everybody and signing everyone and not doing anything with these guys, but then when they let a bunch of these people go, although a lot of them were, you know, head scratchers, it's like, okay, but we can't have it both ways as fans. It's like, you know, you know, where, where, where do we draw that line where, okay, either we're giving them credit or we're not as far as hoarding or unhoarding in this matter, it's like, in the long run, do you think it's going to be beneficial that they are a little more streamlined? It just sucks on how they're going about it, but there's there's no right way to there's no right way to do it if that's what they're trying to do. No, I think what yeah, there's it, it is a no win situation for the WWE to either have too many wrestlers that you can't do something with, or get rid of the wrestlers that you've been hoarding and people look at you like you kick their puppy. I think part of the part of the shock of it is of course these are people who have mouths to feed and and loved ones to take care of and things like that. So everyone's kind of in shock that you know they're they're watching these things happen. But one thing you can one thing you can say is that that hoarding that we were talking about I think it created a false economy uh, as far as room for everyone else. So when WWE hoards basically the entirety of Brit Rest and ROH's entire roster for you know from from 2010 on, then the those spots in those spots in Brit Rest or those spots in Ring of Honor need to get filled so they get its next man up mm-hmm. right. Now, those spots have been filled, but now those those wrestlers that were hoarded are getting released. So it's not. I don't think so much that it's. It does look bad on WWE. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna right. say that. It does look bad on WWE, but the worst part about it is that there are far too many wrestlers and not enough spots anymore right now. Uh, someone on our someone on our Facebook page was looking at the list of wrestlers that the WWE has released in 2021 and just said, well, that's a fucking roster. That's a roster right, right there. And, and it's true. 
I mean, one of the things I was thinking about with this very, this very segment is I'm going to read off a list of wrestlers who have uh, been released from Ring of Honor, and which is all of them, unfortunately, right. and wrestlers who have been uh, released in 2021. And we can play, we can play Shane Khan, and you can start your own wrestling wrestling company, and pick and choose who you mm-hmm. want. Like we could, we could sit here and go like fantasy booking our own company just from just from those wrestlers. You know, it's tough. It's really tough because those guys don't have a place to go right now. Now, one cool thing is the American independent scene with everything opening up right now is freaking booming. You could have a bunch of those guys make a pretty good living on the independent scene. Maybe they'll do a couple of shots on elevation or dark or something like that. And have a pretty good, you know, a pretty good career. Like you could have, you know, you could have people that just make money on the independent scene. That's cool. But WB's cutting talent. AEW is quickly filling up. It's like George Costanza's wallet on Seinfeld. And uh, it's that's going to pop soon. Or maybe it won't. I don't know. The dude's got billions right. of dollars. Uh, and, and then Ring of Honor's gone. Impact is not able to hold as many as either of those companies, obviously. Ring of Honor's gone. Where do you go? Well, I mean, I, I think... When, when you look at the direction that it seems like WWE is going, you know, the revamped NXT, you know, where they are trying to focus on younger, non-indie talent. Man, like I said, I, I by no means am I excusing what's how they're handling the business. But, I mean, it, the way you look at it, it's like, so the, the, they're trying to kind of reboot the company slowly but surely yeah and isn't that what we wanted to begin with like isn't that isn't that as fans what we wanted was newer stars younger talent being featured in wwe i think i think yes we do we do want that but at the same time there were people there who could be stars right now not people who will be stars in the future but people who could be stars right now who are getting passed over to bring in Bill Goldberg again. You're always going to have that unfortunately. You're always going to have those attraction yeah. people, but that that's been that's been pro wrestling forever. But I think though that what they're what they're trying to do with with NXT shine away from the 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 independent roster that they had basically before that. It's like okay, so rather than poach all the independent talent we're going to just continue to build our own stars from right. the ground up and gradually infuse them into the ro- into the main roster and then you know 5 10 years from now it's it's going to be a little more even and like i said it, it sucks because they're they're letting go a lot of talent they're letting go you know people that are have to provide for their families but it's like man if they weren't using them or if, if they weren't you know using them correctly do they just keep these people just out of principle? Like, oh, well, you know, we, we know you've been in catering, you know, for the past six months. You know, we're going to continue to pay you. Or it's like, okay, it sucks, but now you have an opportunity to go earn money and, and become a star elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like, there has to be that balance. I, I think the balance, the balance of that is maybe it would be better uh, if those people did get did get really so that they can go off and do their own thing. 
Right. But maybe the balance part that you're talking about is that it shouldn't have been right now. You know, especially during that first round of cuts in 2020 when they announced it when everything was shut down during during the pandemic. That was that was harsh. That was real bad because there wasn't an independent scene for people to go out to and earn a living at. You know, now there is, which is great. I don't I I don't know how much these people are making, how much they're going to demand that they make. So I can't I can't speak on that. But when you say, yeah, maybe we should streamline streamline the company. Yes. Yes, you should. Maybe you should have waited a little bit longer. I want to I want to talk about Ring of Honor. I want to bring Ring of Honor up here now because through the entire pandemic up until up until now when things are starting to open again, Ring of Honor who was not doing any shows, earning far less money than the WWE. Of course, they had a smaller roster, but like kings, they paid their staff and everyone, every wrestler, every staff member, every on-air personality, every person who was editing for them, all of that, they paid every last one of them their full contracts the entire time. And yeah, that might have been the reason why they just fell on their sword right now, but that is that is some absolute king stuff. If if I were a wrestler right now, I would I would be ride or die. The second Ring of Honor came back, because they're they're saying that they're gonna try and rebrand and come back in like six months. The second Ring of Honor came back, I'd want to go back to them. That right. that would be that that is so cool. Like the the next job that I go to, when I'm in that interview, one of the you know when they say, "Oh, do you have any questions for me?" The first thing I'm gonna say is, "How did you take care of your people during the pandemic?" And Ring of Honor took care of their people. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's you know, like I said, smaller smaller company, smaller roster, but. WWE's announcing record profits and then cutting a tenth of their roster. That's that's bad. That's it bad is. form. Right. And but I mean let, let let's not act like that the WWE has been the 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 moral compass as far as pro wrestling at any time. No, that's um, 100% right. I don't think that there is a moral compass in pro wrestling. It seems right. like there are a lot of companies that are bad folk. Right. So I mean, like I said, it it sucks and I mean that's the thing we don't really we don't know the details of of you know those those people's contracts. Nope. You know now now granted there's been some people that have left that have kind of he Slater for example, you know he had said you know once he uh, got let go that there there's no bad feelings towards WWE for him because you know he's 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 living good right now, mm-hmm. and that he's been able to live comfortably for the past ten years doing silliness but he's been able to support his family so who knows i mean i don't think there were none of none of those guys are working you know minimum wage there no that's true none of those guys are are making you know 1250 an hour right now now i know with travel and insurance that and all that that probably takes up a ton of it but i'm saying it's like man we don't we don't know what these contracts are you know if, if if i'm if i'm a if I'm someone wrestling on main event, but I'm pulling in, I don't know, just a random figure, a quarter of a million a year, I'm all right. Yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Like, where does, where does your love of love of pro wrestling in, in quotation fingers, where does that rank with ability to feed your family? 
Right. And I mean, like, if you're making that money, travel and insurance is a thing, like you said, but hopefully you were able to squirrel a little bit of that away exactly. for, for tough times. Exactly. And in all seriousness, it, it's going to come off kind of weird, but I have a theory. What if, and, and I'm, like I said, I'm trying to be serious about this, but what if this was intentional to an extent? How do I put this? So what if Vince and, 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 and the decision makers, and, and this may not be across the board for everyone that got cut, but what if they're thinking, okay, it's been so long since we've had a boom in the wrestling business. We, we can send those shockwaves by just giving away a quarter of our talent. You know what I mean? Like, what if indirectly, but directly, they're like, okay, let's let's trim down, but let's strategically do it in a way to where these high-profile names can still go other places and strive. And, like, it's like they're, they're creating their own competition almost. Like, they're, they're almost, what if they're kind of just kind of giving AEW a boost intentionally that like am i crazy that that conspiracy theory is cool Mm -hmm. but what's the what's the quote i'm looking for um don't don't mistake for malice what is what what can easily be explained with incompetence is that i think that's the quote something like that i i mean and and i get that but I'm, i'm just saying like maybe because remember remember back in the day when like wwf was secretly working with ECW and no one knew. Yeah. Maybe I mean I'm not saying that freaking Vince and, and Tony Khan are sitting there. So what you're saying <laughs> is that Vince and Tony Khan. You're saying Vince and Tony Khan. Uh, oh, Vince McMahon to AEW confirmed. So, yes. <laughs> breaking news: Vince McMahon to AEW. <laughs> Vince McMahon is going to come out with with the elite. And money, 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 money. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I, it was me. It was me, Tony. Takes it was me all along. Takes off his mask, and it's just Vince under a Vince McMahon mask. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, but yeah, oh, man, I mean, let's let's it's a stretch. Let's, but. let's look at some of the let's look at some of the the talent that was released from Ring of Honor. I I have a soft spot for Ring of Honor in my heart. Mm-hmm. So I've loved Ring of Honor like. The, the very first time I ever heard of Ring of Honor was in 2003. A My roommate and I went and saw a Ring of Honor show in Philadelphia. You know, that was the first place I ever saw CM Punk. It was the first place I ever saw Samoa Joe. It was the first place I ever saw AJ Styles was on that show. Right. There were so many more. And it was just like that just like grew something inside of me. I was like, I was like the Grinch that stole Christmas where his heart grows three sizes bigger. Except it was... My love of wrestling grew three sizes bigger. All right. So, um, I'm gonna cut that. Anyway, <laughs> let's look at let's look at some of the Ring of Honor talent. Now, I'm gonna name some. I'm gonna name some names. You tell me if you're starting a company tomorrow, would you grab these people? Okay. First one up top, Bandito. That's your boy. That's my boy. Ah, yeah, Bandito's yeah. awesome. Um. Bateman, Bateman, I like. I think Bateman's—he's got a cool look. He's got a cool um, person. He's—he's he's not anyone I would push to the moon or anything like that. But I think Bateman's fun. Yeah. Um, 
How about the the Beer City Bruiser? <laughs> Gonna let that one go to NWA. <laughs> I'll tell you one person who I would snatch up in a second. Violence Unlimited, man. Brody King and Chris Dickinson. I've been begging for New Japan to sign Brody King and Chris Dickinson as fast as possible. Those two are money, in my opinion. Okay. I'll give you that. How about my my boy, Dalton Castle? <laughs> or at right now, right now, uh, it's more like the broken skeleton of Dalton Castle. But yeah. if it was the Dalton Castle of like six years ago, whoa, boy. What about, uh, oh, how about this one? Danhausen. Would you, would you sign Danhausen? Uh, that's all I got. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, love that Danhausen or be cursed. Um, okay. How about this one? Dragon Lee. Okay. Yeah. Would you sign Dragon Lee if you were starting? You, 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 you peaking my interest. Ed? Okay. I would sign, I would sign Dragon Lee in a second. Oh, here's a controversial one. Flip Gordon. Would you sign Flip Gordon if you were starting a, a if you were starting a company right now? I mean, who else I got? <laughs> we're going in alphabetical order. <laughs> okay, how about how about a uh, homicide? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about them boys? J. M. Mark Briscoe. Yeah. That was that was the one that got away. I always was hoping that I'd see them in you know the WWE. So, oh man, them boys versus New Day, them boys ver- versus the Usos. Oh, now you're ringing my bell, bro. Um, yeah. how about Jay Lethal? Yeah, yeah. Joe Hendry, I would sign Joe Hendry. Local hero Joe Hendry, I love Joe Hendry. As as like a as like a main eventer. Okay. Um. Uh, t- uh, upper mid card for sure, at least possibly working okay. his way up to the main. Okay. Event. Yeah, I, I okay. okay. How about Jonathan Gresham? I would sign. No relation to Todd Gresham. No, no relation to Todd Gresham. Relation to Jordan Grace though. There, that's his. Uh, yeah, his better two thirds, Jordan Grace. Uh, uh-huh. I love Jonathan Gresham. I think he's right. he's so aggressive. I love his aggression in in mat wrestling. Like I, I if I could watch. Jonathan Gresham and Zack Sabre Jr. go hold for hold. Mm-hmm. Whew, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> How about your boy Kenny King? Kenny King. Now this is this is Kenny King in 2021, not Kenny King in 2012. Oh. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, how about Mark Haskins? I don't know if I would sign Mark Haskins. I like Mark Haskins. I do. But I I think I would let that one go. Really, I don't to fill. I mean, to I mean, as as far as to fill out a roster, yeah, he's a good he's a good mid card he's a good mid card heel. Um, he and Vicky have a cool look, so yeah, maybe. All right, I'll let you know one that I would let go. Matt Taven. Okay, I would. I would no. <laughs> I'm good. Not nothing. No, not nothing. Wow. Uh, how about Mike and Maria? Matt Taven, Bennett? if you're listening, we're sorry. Matt Taven, if you're listening, and I know you are, you're a big fan. I would not sign you to my to my company. Curtis Khan would not sign you. Uh, how about how about Mike and Maria Bennett? Canellis Bennett, Canellis. I'm sure there's there's room. Okay, she's talented, and he's and Mike she's Bennett. talented. And she's very talented. <laughs> how about uh, PCO? Hmm. 
I'm gonna pass. Pass on PCO. That's wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. PJ Black, the Darewolf. The the former uh, what was his what was his name? Justin Gabriel. Justin Gabriel. Yeah, there's 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 some money there. All right. How about Rhett Titus? Your boy Hepatitis. Oh, I mean, if I got Kenny King, yep. then... Might as well I mean, have Hepatitis. Yeah. Thrust is a must. The thrust is a must, baby. <laughs> Here's one. Here's one. How fast... And this one, I know you're signing. How fast are you signing a Roosh? You know what? I'm actually going to... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Faster than I just said that. Oh, okay. Uh, how about Silas Young? The last real man. The last real man. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> some women's uh, some women's wrestlers. Would you would you sign Angelina Love? I guess I'd have to establish what kind of women's division I'm going for, but yeah. Sure. She's she's a she's one of the original knockouts or so. You know, she's she's not really yeah. a wrestler. So well Yeah, I, yeah. Well What about uh Mandy Leon? Yeah. All right. Um, would you sign Maria Manic? I would sign Maria Manic. She's a monster. Yeah. Yep. I would sign, as a backstage interviewer, Quinn McKay. I like Quinn McKay. Okay. Okay. What about uh, Sumi Sakai? Good old Joshi Sumi Sakai. Yeah. Uh, I would sign, the next one I would sign as fast as I could, Session Moth Martina. I love Martina. Good old Session Moth. It'll be a, a solid women's division. Pretty solid. I mean, if you're signing, if you're signing Mark Haskins and and Mike Bennett, you're gonna probably take Maria and and Vicky with them, so that's a thing, right? Oh, okay. As far as uh, on on air broadcast team, uh, would you sign Wrestling with Regrets, Brian Zane? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I would too. <laughs> the the person. So there's one person who I would sign off of their broadcast team. I would sign in half a second. Uh, Ian Riccoboni, their uh, one of their lead commentator. Mm-hmm. I think he's thumbs high. Super good. Okay. okay. Uh, so that's that's where I'm at as far as release talent from Ring of Honor. So that's already, you've already filled up like two-thirds of your roster, right. I think. And there's still quite a bit of uh, release talent from WCW, or from WWE, WCW, WWE coming. Mm-hmm. So let's start reading off some of the names. Now, I'm going to give only names of people that were released that have not currently found a job with AEW. So we've got... Uh, Mercedes Martinez. Yep. Yep, I would too. How about Bronson Reed? Yep. Yep. Jake Atlas? Yeah. And there's a bunch of people on here that are like NXT names that I don't, I'm not really familiar with. I'll read them off and you let me know what you think. Okay. Uh, Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff reminds me of like New Age Spike Dudley. So Yeah, I can see that. He's, he's very small, isn't he? Yeah, I can, I, yeah. Uh, Tyler Rust. Hmm. I think I'd pass. Ari Sterling? Mm, pass. Kona Reeves? I had such high hopes with Kona. Do you think you could do something with Kona Reeves? I think so. I'm going to re- read off some more. Uh, how about Bray Wyatt? Would you sign Bray Wyatt? If they twist my arm, yes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> You've got a very dry sense of humor. I'm 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 not sure if you're goofing or not. I don't know. How about Killian Dane? Pass. Pass on Killian Dane. Big Damo. I love him. I know. I know. What about Maria Shafir? Uh, I'll pass. Arturo Ruas. Ruas. 
Cross? I could have swore I seen him on like Rampage or Oh, was he on Dynamite? That doesn't mean he's necessarily all elite. That's they have true. to release the graphic with, you know, the thing. Yeah, that's true. I'll pass. Okay. Uh Sunil and Samir Singh, the Singh brothers. Yeah. How about I'm going to hit you with this one. Would you sign Lars Sullivan? How fast? How fast would you sign Lars Sullivan? Come on. To what? To wrestle? <laughs> I mean, would he? So I'm looking, there's a whole bunch of people that have been taking already. Andrade, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, Samoa Joe, Bobby Fish, Kalisto, Chelsea Green, Mickey James. Ooh, Tucker. Okay. Like yourself some, likes yourself some Tucky? Uh, Tucky. Uh, how about Mojo Raleigh? Uh, pass. Alexander Wolf. Pass. Mm, okay. I'm going to throw one at you here. The Velveteen Dream. Would you take that hit? Oh. Dang it. I just want to see a program with him and Rhett Titus, but... <laughs> <laughs> Is that too much to ask? I'm going to have to lay low, though. Yep. Yep. What about Braun Strowman? Pass. Ooh. Okay. Buddy, don't call me Murphy Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he'll be. He's going to be a cornerstone. And yes. uh, I might add, you know, that one of my hot tag predictions of him has come true. On a side note. Yep. So he's uh, a. <laughs> go ahead and let the world know. Take your victory lap. Many moons ago, I said that he could be the Dex Kenny Omega. And this is when he was fully invested in WWE. And I was ridiculed and I was scoffed at. And look at me now. Look at you now. Victory. Facing off against Okada in just a couple of days. Yep. That's a thing. Arya Davari. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Breeze and or Fandango. I'll take Breeze. I take Breeze for sure. I also I liked Johnny Curtis a lot, so I would I would probably let those two do whatever the hell they wanted. Uh, just goof around a little bit. What about Santana Garrett? Yep. Nia Jax. I'm gonna have to say nope. You know who her cousin is, right? Come on. Because I want I want to actually have a thriving women's division and not have have <laughs> have a broken women's division. Broken. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Eva Marie. Yes. Okay, I'm looking at fart noise and disbelief. What? I know. I just said women's... I know. There would be a role. There would be a role. Okay, but not wrestling? I mean, you gotta have a diverse roster. (laughs) You can't have a... I mean, for every steamboat, you gotta have a doink. Do you, though? Do you? Yeah. I don't think you do. You do. Okay. Uh, although, Doink, you know, Matt Bourne was a bad dude. So take, okay. Do with that what you will. You tell me You tell me a Matt Classic that you see with Doink. I'll wait. I can I can give you Matt Classics from Matt Bourne. Exactly. Not from Doink. No. All right. All right. Fair enough. All right. How about Mia Yim? Yep. Yep. You know, with, uh, with Mia Yim, who's coming next? Keith Lee. Yeah. How fast would you sign Keith Lee? Yep. Hundred percent. Yeah, bear cat. I'd be there on. I'd be there on day eighty nine of his ninety day no compete. 
just waiting, salivating. I'd be, I'd be like one of them nerds standing outside of the movie theater waiting, waiting for Star Trek Episode Three. <laughs> I'd be there cosplaying as Bearcat Keith Lee. Bearcat, Bearcat. Okay, Limitless. Can we talk about the Bearcat name for a second? I'm gonna say this. I think it's a cool name, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a he shit. On me. You can call him. You can call him Bearcat Keith Lee. You can call him Jennifer Lee. I don't care. The dude is money. Call him whatever you want. It doesn't matter what his name is. It it matters what you let him do in the ring. Right, and at least at least it had you know some historical context to it. So yeah, it, it grew on me. Everyone's everyone's like, oh, but it's a name from the '60s, and Vince is out of touch. I don't give a shit, man. Bearcat is it's a cool name. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't and, care. Yeah. Everyone's it's, like, it's a hall it's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the pioneers of, of black wrestlers, so yeah. it's okay. It's it's cool, man. It's a cool name. And it like I said, it doesn't matter what you call him, it matters what you let him do. If they he they could call him whatever they want, if they went out there and let him be PWG Keith Lee. Right. Done. Money. Now with that said, if 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 it was Meerkat I probably would have been on board. <laughs> if it was Garfield Cat. <laughs> oh, Thundercat Keith Lee. That's actually amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> thunder. Thunder. Thunder firebomb. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm into that. Let's yeah. make Thundercat Keith Lee. Yes. Okay. What about Harry Smith? Now, you know, I got to, I got to, I got to take care of the dungeon. That's right. That's right. Uh, would you sign Carrion Cross and Scarlet, obviously? Yes. Yeah. Without about, the helmet. Without the helmet. No, thank you. Uh, what about Lince Dorado? If only just to have him continue to wear Power Ranger themed gear. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And to uh, threaten to beat up Izzy's dad. Yes, that too. <laughs> that was that was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, he's like, knock a few bucks, son. Come on, let's go. Is his dad? If you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, don't. and I know you are, big fan. <laughs> go away. Yep. Shut up. Stupid. Uh, what about the Grand Metalik? Yep. Yep. Oh, here's a good one. How about Bfab? <sighs> I'm gonna pass. I hadn't seen enough. Okay. I hadn't seen okay. enough. Yeah. Okay. What about Oni Lorkin? Pass. Ooh. I would sign Oni Lurkin. Ember Moon. Yep. Yep. And last one I'll mention, Frankie Monet. Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. I think Yeah, I, think I would so. too. Yeah. I would too. I, I think uh I think that's we've put together a very, very large roster and we'll be releasing at least one tenth of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> This is hard. Oh, this is real hard. Oh man. What do you what do you think's gonna happen when AEW has their first round of roster cuts in like two years? Will they though? I don't know. It's it's not a thing, and really it's not something we should be making light of, obviously. Right. But like I don't know, man. I I don't know. But I will say speaking of AEW and people leaving our listeners may recall one of my uh, predictions in an earlier episode with MJF being the first one to defect over 
at this point, I think he's kind of just trolling everyone, kind of playing around with it, complimenting Roman Reigns and everything. But what if there comes a time where he's not? <laughs> but what if though? Yeah, <laughs> you know, because like you know, like I said before, it's it's so hard to have like to be a legitimate heel in AEW, I believe. So what better way than to compliment WWE? I said that long before that interview came out, and he reinforced that, and I just wanted to put that in there. Yes, yes. Yeah, take your victory lap. He hasn't gone yet, yep. so I guess I can't take your victory lap yet, but take your victory lap in two to three yeah. years. Exactly. So let's go ahead and um, we'll, we'll put a bow on that one and we'll get to some questions today. Right now, we've got a question from Brad. Brad asks, what is a random thing from wrestling that has stuck with you? Anytime, including last night when playing a game, someone said, spin the wheel, I immediately think, make the deal. What's something that sticks with you from wrestling? What's something you do every day in your everyday life? Man, to narrow down to just one thing is, is tough. I can name cause... a couple. You can name a couple. Okay, go ahead. Right off the top of my head, the very first thing I think of is every time I'm chewing gum, uh, when I go to finish it, I immediately blow it out into the air and smack it away with my hand. Okay. I Mr. Perfect the shit out of gum every time. That's littering, but we'll let that go. It's biodegradable food stuff it's not littering if i drop a pizza crust on the floor is it it's you are birds. killing the turtles the sea turtles the turtles picking up your 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 chewing gum and yes yeah that's probably a bad idea <laughs> i'll i'll do better i'll be better than okay. that all right all right Fair the enough. more you know what's something that you you think of from wrestling every time Jeez, i can't hear i can't hear voodoo child without uh without wanting to play a belt like a uh, air guitar yeah, and then not lose a match. I guess I I think probably the most overused thing I do is 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 the too sweet. I like to still too sweet people. Yeah, you know. Oh man, so. I got too sweeted in like in public for the first time uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Thinking of I probably shouldn't have um, because of the pandemic. Anyway. Uh, I was I was running to catch a bus and I was wearing uh, I was wearing a Bullet Club shirt. It was the um, oh the Stephen Amell um, Vigilante Club shirt, right? And some dude some dude goes, "Yeah, too sweet, me bro," and like throws it up. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Random in the middle of nowhere as I'm running to catch a bus. I wish I could have stopped and talked to that guy. Oh well, yeah. I I got to go to work like some sort of noob. <laughs> Why can't I just? open to do unboxing videos on youtube like some random 11 year old and make 25 million that's what i'm working on yep we gotta launch our brand shane our brand um yeah we can just unbox a bunch of old ico pro stuff. yes yeah dang it it's probably turned well i was gonna say it's turned to dust but ico pro is a powder anyway so uh. yeah just like yeah. look at this and then we'll just eat handfuls of it maybe it's instead of turning to dust it's it's solidified like the moisture in it has turned yeah. into a rock, probably turned to a rock in our guts after anyway. Either way, because this be four. Yeah, I was going to say that that's that's where the rock is going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go on to the next question. Angel has said, "What is your favorite tattoo in all of wrestling?" He said that he's got a brand new favorite one because uh, Ricky Shane Page RSP just got a giant tattoo of a like a raven across his chest, and it's it's bad as hell. 
but uh, that's his new favorite tattoo in all of wrestling. What's your favorite tattoo in all of wrestling? Okay. Okay. Now hear me out. Say Randy Orton. I dare you. <laughs> Close. Oh. Not really. The only one that comes to mind, only because of the hilarity of it, the Big Show's Tiger. Oh, the Tiger. <laughs> that's all faded. <laughs> the faded, most like... Not even threatening tiger that's ever been tattooed ever. <laughs> it's a giant. It's a giant ginger cat. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like my neighbor's cat Leonard. Oh no, that's great. It was like big puffy paw, and it's just like, <laughs> it, and it's so like it, it's so unoriginal. It's like he walked into a shop and was like, "I'll take number ninety-seven, please." <laughs> that's a good one. You know what mine is? Mine's. CM Punk and I have the same tattoo. Uh, a, lo- a couple of my friends and I have the the Arashikage logo uh, on our right arms from from GI Joe, and CM Punk right. is the exact same thing. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yeah, GI Joe nerds. Mm-hmm. Here's a good one. Kevin has asked: Good versus Evil Survivor Series elimination match. Choose one single toy from a franchise to represent. So you get five good guy toys and five bad guy toys. Who's on your Survivor Series team? And I figure we can do this real good. Because this is stuff that we used to do when we were kids. So no no wrestling figures. And you can only get one from each franchise. Let's do it. So can I pick the turtles? No, no, you get one. One from each franchise. You cannot pick so, the turtles. You can pick a turtle. Wait a minute. Yep. What? You get five five choices, five different franchises. Silly. Yeah. Silliness. Tell okay, me. So let's... You want me to split up brothers? Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. You go first. And All right. So, you know what? Actually, if you want, you can pick the, you can pick the good guy team and I'll pick the bad guy team. Okay. 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 All right. You do. So, you're going to take Leonardo as your team captain. Yes. Yep. All right. Who's next? Oh, 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 let me let me do the bad guy. You take Leonardo. I'm going to pick as my team captain for Evil Team Incorporated, the number one draft pick from Lake Minnetonka. I'm vamping. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick Lord Zed from the Power Rangers. Oh, that's amazing. That's a good one. All right, your second pick for a good guy team. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay in that vein, and I, I can use Power Rangers too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just can't pick two dudes from the same franchise. Uh, Zach, Black Power Ranger. Doot, 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 doot. So you're just building your dream team now, aren't you? Maybe. I got some wild cards in there though. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. My next one that I'm gonna pick: Doomsday from the Superman comics. Yeah, I see. I that's see. my bruiser. See. All right. Who's your next one? All right. First of my wild card picks, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice? What a tweener! What a tweener idea! Like you're supposed to be picking a good guy team. He is a good guy. Beetlejuice is a bad guy in that first movie. He's a tweener in the cartoon. He's a good guy. I told you he was a wild card. Wild card. All right. Okay. Fine. I'll pick a wild card. Someone who could be a good guy or a bad guy. I will select him as a bad guy. A heel. Storm Shadow from G.I. Joe. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I see. All right. Let's see where you're going with this. Okay. All right. So that's three. That's three okay. for me. Three for you. Who's your fourth pick? 
Fourth pick, I'm going with. I mean, I have to go with Gambit. Yeah. Because. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's your boy. Yep. Okay. Fourth pick. Wild card. I got you right here. You ready? Mm hmm. The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh, God. You took mine. You couldn't have him. He's a bad guy. I know. <laughs> but I was thinking, I was thinking in the way of Ghostbusters. I mean, you could put okay. a Ghostbuster in, but this is your fifth pick, so like you gotta yeah. you gotta make a splash here. I don't know if it's gonna necessarily be a splash, but it's going to make for some memorable spots in this match. Okay, I'm going crash test dummy. <laughs> Wait a minute the the guys who sing the song. No, no, okay. You, 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 yellow, you remember Yellowhead You remember the toys me. I remember the yep. toys That's a good one That is a good one Okay That's he's a gonna, fun he's one He's gonna get He's gonna get uppercutted Into oblivion by Doomsday <laughs> And it's gonna be amazing and Then the pieces will be Stepped on by the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man <laughs> Who's my number five? Oh, I got my number five You ready? Mm-hmm. Here's my number five King Koopa Oh Bowser himself You don't have the most agile Out of a team But that's okay No no, well, I got Storm Shadow. I got like the Ninja. Like what? Okay, <laughs> but I mean, other than <laughs> other than that, I don't have an agile team at all. <laughs> and your team is like nothing but agile and Beetlejuice. <laughs> That's a yep. great question. I love it. Okay, who who wins? Who who comes out on top there? Who's who's the sole survivor? Who is the sole survivor? I think. Crash test dummy's foot wins. <laughs> it just like ends up like somehow like on Lord Zed and gets the pin. Yeah. Oh, what a winner. <laughs> All right. You ready for a good one? This is going to be a good question. Okay. Dan has asked on our Instagram. I need to get caught up. Can you give me a quick rundown of what's happened since D generation X? <laughs> well, well, first things first. Shawn Michaels never won the WWF title from Bret Hart, so <laughs> never we can twice never erase that from ever happening. <laughs> but that was during DX, so you know that doesn't count. You got to go after what's happened since DX. Well, since DX, we had X Factor. <laughs> X Factor. <laughs> Does that count? No, that was a terrible song. Yeah, but that does not compare to who didn't want to see a stable with X Pac and. Albert and Aldo Montoya. I mean, <laughs> Aldo Montoya, the Portuguese man of war. Oh, oh God, gross! I fucking hated yeah. X Factor. Ew, yucky. So, other than that, that's all that's happened. <laughs> it's it's been DX, uh-huh. X Factor, mm-hmm. Undertaker lost in WrestleMania, and now we're in current day. And then skip a few, 99, 100. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah. I mean, I think that's accurate. Uh-huh. Final question. Jesse has asked on our uh, on our Instagram, if you could name your top five favorite masked wrestlers, who would they be? Uh, his He gave his list here. Uh, Tiger Mask, okay. La Parca, Jushin Liger, Ultimo Dragon, and Pentagon Jr. Who would you name for your top five favorite Masked wrestlers. So you got the Patriot Del Wilkes. Oh. 
Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Delos. Uh, if, if you're listening uh, in heaven, and I know you are, big fan. He is. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to have to put Ultimo up at top. That's fair. Number one, Ultimo Dragon, that's pretty fair. Everyone else is kind of just in no particular order. Um, so, we got Ultimo. As far as, like, looks. Black Tiger 2, Eduardo Guerrero. Yeah. yeah. Well. I said Eduardo Guerrero. I mean... Eduardo Gori Guerrero, Black uh-huh. Tiger Two. I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna go. Cool. I mean, as far as like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of just cool masks. Not maybe not necessarily like favorite wrestlers, but just like cool masks. Sure. Ultimo Dragon. I always like Psychosis. Psychosis was a bad dude, man. Bad dude. Rey Mysterio. Because there's so many yeah. different um, variants. Safe, safe um, option. Yeah, whatever. Well, safe. Safe choice. I didn't say which one. <laughs> Specifically, the Silver Surfer one. <laughs> the most boring one of all. I'll go Pentagon. And final one. Wild card. Super Callow. Super Callow! <laughs> I love Super Callow! Oh, can we do a Super Callow match <laughs> retro review? And yes, to answer we- that. <laughs> It was just basically just like a glittery yeah. sock. Yeah. With I love the glasses. <laughs> with glasses and a glasses. The hat. And a hat. <laughs> Is there any way that we could find a Super Callow versus Alex Wright match? Das Wunderkind. An, an Iron Man. Oh, Iron Man, Super Callow versus Das Wunderkind. <laughs> I'd pop so hard for that. Oh my god. Yeah. I'd start the dance. Uh-huh. Oh. I, th- I was laughing so hard. I was watching that that video I sent you of of uh, Alex Wright interrupting the Nitro Girls to come out and dance. <laughs> I was like, "You fucking king! You king! Mm-hmm. Do it, Alex!" Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, I even loved I even loved Berlin. Remember when Berlin yes. Berlin was tight, dude? Yeah, Ber- Berlin may have had a title run in him if they did it right. I could have seen Berlin as, like, television champion. Easily. Easily. I oh. could have seen Berlin maybe as U.S. champion, and then, like, calling World it, champ. like, the, the German... Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. It it just came... It came a little too late, and WCW had already shot themselves on their foot by then, but... Yeah. Yeah. God, Alex Wright was so good. Das Wunderkind. Mm-hmm. I love him. Mm-hmm. Let's get him on the show. Alex Wright, yeah. if you're listening, and I know you are, big fan, I am also a big fan of yours. Please yes. come on our show and talk to me about the character of Berlin, because I love that character. Yes. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So cool. Anyway, yep, so those are all of our questions for the uh, for the day. Have you got any final thoughts before we start wrapping up this uh, episode of the Smart Foundation podcast? Uh, Nope. that's all i got (laughs) fair enough Uh thank you for your input yep (laughs) well i i will say that any of you who want to join us on our facebook page to leave silly questions for us that we can answer uh you can find us at the smart foundation debate dungeon just go ahead and uh answer the questions and we'll let you in Answer the questions or we will not let you in. I've, I've had to, like, 
get rid of a bunch of, I'm sure they were Russian bots, but people just trying to get into the thing that didn't answer the questions. It was like, and, and the questions are like, who's your favorite wrestler? You know? So it's not even a big deal. Right. Just answer the questions. Make sure you answer the question. Although if you answer that question as Shawn Michaels, you might not get in. That's, that's just a fair kidding. point. That's, he's, he's not kidding. He's, he's not. <laughs> I've seen him do it. He's just a sexy boy. He's a sexy boy. Sexy boy. So, so yes, if you'd like to find us on Facebook, Smart Foundation Debate Dungeon, answer the questions, dot, 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 pause for dramatic effect, and we will let you in. Uh, you yes. can also find our Instagram at the Smart Foundation. Uh, you can find my Instagram at LDestructo83. Shane, what's your Instagram handle? King underscore uncanny. King uncanny, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also email us questions at smarkfoundation1 at gmail.com. I'm sure I'll check it someday, but it's there. <laughs> right. Do, do you have that to your phone or anything? Can you let me know if somebody rings that? You know, we probably had Alex Wright in there the whole time. and we Oh, just didn't no. Even know. I missed my chance to talk to Alex Wright. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Bummer. Maybe we should start like fan mail, like literal. We need to just have like an address where people can just send us letters. <laughs> P.O. Box. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. People can send us weird things that they find. Oh, look, I found this trading card of the Z-Man. Like, cool. Send it my way, bro. That'd be sweet. Uh-huh. <laughs> someone someone um, in our, on my, on my Instagram was like, hey, I found these like old WWF trading cards. Would you like them? And it was like one of of Mick Foley, but it was kind of like bent up and stuff like that. I was like, um, what do, what do they say on Antiques Roadshow? They're like, I think the only value for this would be sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love Mick Foley, but I don't know what I'm going to do with that. So, yeah. sorry. No, thank you. It's cool. I mean, people thought of me when they, when they saw wrestling, so that's all you can really ask for, right? Yeah. I appreciate them either way. So yeah, that's our that's our show for the evening. I'd like to remind you that if you are not currently subscribed, do subscribe. And then download our, our uh, episodes, listen to them all, and then listen to them again, because it's good for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, anytime that you listen to our episodes, it makes you sexier to the people that you choose to be sexy to. It, it does. If, if you do, in fact, want to be a sexy boy yourself, you mm-hmm. should listen to us to the smart foundation and us in general we're here for advice uh, tax <laughs> you help, want tax help. recipes <laughs> i've got a i've got a great recipe for a like a chicken korma uh-huh. fantastic stuff it's yep. great my uh my mother-in-law makes a fantastic shepherd's pie yes and yeah you can you can get that if you want i'll, I'll let you know i've got a stouffer's lasagna in the fridge you can eat that if you want. Yeah. I won't cook it for you. You'll have to take it home and put it in the oven yourself. Shipping might be a little costly, but we'll work that might out. Might not be frozen by the time it gets there. That's a problem. That's all right. Yep. Room temperature. Room, room temperature lasagna. I'd still eat it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> band name, by the way. Room temperature lasagna. New band name. <laughs> yep. I love it. Room, room temperature lasagna title of your sex tape um room temperature lasagna oh one i one i heard uh, a couple of months ago was like instead of saying like new band name 
oh, that's my next D&D module. So it's the next D&D <laughs> game I'm going to run. I'm into that. Yep. I'll take it. So, yes, if you'd like to talk to us, we would like to talk to you. And uh, we appreciate you very much. I am going to go ahead and let you know that there will be a small announcement coming. Not a small announcement. A very cool announcement coming very shortly. I'm still waiting for permission to waiting for permission to let that news loose on the world. But, unleash. Uh, unleash that beast. But a very exciting prospect has popped up for us. And uh, hope to hear more about that in the future. I hope that you are currently shivering with anticipation. Precipitation. Yes. <laughs> Precipitation. <And> Precipitation. <laughs> Two, yes. Two pauses. Very sexy. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so <laughs> as we wrap up for the night, I just want uh, everyone to know that Shane would not sign Danhausen to his uh, fake uh, wrestling company. And I think that's very shameful. So, But not surprising. But not surprising. Shane, who will stick up for every WWE wrestler in the world, would not sign Danhausen. <laughs> not every. I didn't sign Lars. That's fair. That's I. How could you? What did he wrestle yeah. like twice? Yeah. <laughs> he wrestled. He wrestled fifty percent more on that uh, on that tape that he made. I don't know. From what I heard, <laughs> it was just maybe just like a lot of like delayed German suplexes. But anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus. Is that that's staying in? By the way, that's staying in. I'm not cutting that one. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Oh, thank you. Oh, I needed that one. All right, for the Smart Foundation podcast, my name is Curtis Spears, and uh, we hope you're doing well. And uh, how's your mama? You do you uh, you working? You all right? You do yep. you, you eating good? All right. <laughs> Say goodnight, Shane. Good night, Shane.